Dune is a sci-fi fantasy epic directed by Denis Villeneuve and coming out after a very long COVID-related delay. Uh, but are we hearkening back to this great time, or is this a betrayedies of the source material? I'm Mike. And that's a deep cut. <laughs> this is Popscorn. Popscorn, the fans, Damon, movie review podcast, and today we are talking about Dune, Dune, June. Let's call the whole thing off. We will be using all of those pronunciations interchangeably yep. throughout the episode. It's, it's just going to happen. I am sorry. Uh, based on the novel by Frank Herbert, I believe. I think at least it's Frank Herbert. I am just going to double check. Going to go with yes. Uh, yes, 1965 novel by Frank Herbert. It is uh, part one officially now uh, of what. Seems to be a, an ongoing series, I well, think. They didn't... Um, it wasn't marketed on any of the posters or the trailers as part one, but the title card does say part, part one. one. They have said part two is coming, so good job they didn't, you know... It, it was successful enough to do a part two, which i got to say is a surprise. I didn't think he was going to get a part two. Well, in terms of how successful it was going to be. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be this popular well, with audiences. Yeah, it's a, it's a... The, the the word of the day is dense. It's um, dense. Yeah. It is a dense ass sci-fi, and you know that's not everyone's cup of tea. And it wasn't like really marketing itself on action. This very much isn't like going down the Star Wars route. Uh, in fact, it was Star Wars that went down the Dune route, wouldn't you know? Um, so <laughs> the, because we've seen it the other way around, you know. Yeah. We, Star Wars was our childhood, not not Dune. Dune. Let's call the whole thing off. So you get to see those echoes throughout the movie of just oh, that's what George Lucas stole from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is very interesting. Yeah, it, it it becomes between this and John Carter on Mars. Yeah, you become very apparent that George has not had many original ideas in his life. He's just very good at collating things. Yeah. Um, proven by the fact that his ideas for the sequel trilogy were fucking banana batshit crazy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ever need to know, you know, that you shouldn't hold all your heroes in the same kind of level of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reverence. Go and listen to any George Lucas idea past 1985. <laughs> um, so, it, it, I was, I was not worried because I mean, I don't have a dog in this fight. I've never read the book. I haven't seen the original. But, oh, the 1984 the, uh, David Lynch uh, film that people either really love or really hate, with no in-between. Exactly that. I have never... I don't have a dog in this fight, so I don't know what exactly I was expecting. Nor do I really care if it was going to be successful or not. But I was a bit like, eh, it's, it's not coming out in blockbuster season. It's We're still under some level well, of COVID restrictions. Well, Christmas is, I mean, yeah, this is the problem. We're in the middle of COVID. But Christmas is a little bit of a blockbuster sequence at the minute. I feel like the past couple of years, they've. Tra- I mean, like I'm thinking, like that. The progenitor of that was the Robert Downey Sherlock Holmes films, yes. released on Boxing Day, mm. and now it's November and December are becoming as packed as August and July, which is strange. Well, December was Star Wars month, whilst they were putting out the new trilogy. Well, so right. there's that, and I mean, we've still got Spider Man to come in in this December, but <sighs> it's coming. It's done well enough. It's getting a part two now. We didn't actually go and. Uh, contribute to that we didn't we're not part of its success well kindly kind of we are we're part of warner brothers success at the very least as michael through completely legitimate means has access to uh, hbo 
Max? Yes. Because that's a HBO Go. It's how I watch most of Warner Brothers movies this year, including Godzilla vs. Kong. So, so know, thanks guys. Cheers. Fucking release it in the UK already, and I won't have to use a VPN. So, by Jerry rigging his phone into my TV, we did manage to watch this. <laughs> it's the most fucking... Those jerry-rigged systems. <laughs> like, I'll run my phone, like a computer, into this TV to emulate a cinema. Interesting. We Facebook pop-ups still happening. And oh, I was getting... Yeah. yeah, June featuring WhatsApp. It yeah. Was, it's an interesting experience. It's a magical combo. Um, so, well... My my fiance immediately bailed <laughs> five minutes in. <laughs> this nah. isn't for me. <laughs> Phone went up. <laughs> that was that. But was it for us, Michael? Because I don't actually. I couldn't get a read on you before mm. you left. What did he think? Well, we. Ha- I mean, this is one of the few films, and it's an, always an interesting experience when me and Darren watch films together because we don't. See Venom. We can, <laughs> we can't talk about it straight. Venom was a a very rare example of just. Look, we know this is a, <laughs> yeah. a borrowed piece of shit. The, the sentence saved for the pod didn't come out in the Venom watching because we fucking knew what was happening. But um, but most of the time, when me and you watch a movie, we go, you're right, watch the film, see you next week, and that's it. Bye. Because <laughs> we can't talk about it because our friendship is based around this fucking microphone. <laughs> but usually Rachel will then chime in. She's the one that is allowed to give opinions. Yeah. But her opinion was... The first five care. minutes was dead boring, <laughs> and I don't know what else happened throughout this movie. Yeah, so. like she looked up from a phone, and it was sort of a sudden quarter to eleven. So yeah, you know. oh, oh, it's a long boy. Hmm. It's it's a it's a dense fruitcake of a film. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But to put it short, I kind of liked it. Right? I think now here's what I. Is my kind of like tack. Put this on the poster, if you will. Right. It makes one of the most dense and convoluted sci-fi novels in human history a digestible story about characters, which is fucking astounding. Yeah. <laughs> in my book, because I know I knew nothing about this. We both came in blind. Yep. Neither of us have read the book, although nope. I've been told there's three or four of them, as well as other smaller short stories. Right. So it's a big fucking universe. Right. The film only deals with about a half of the first book, a quarter right. of the first book, something like that. And it's two hours 35. Oh, boy. So that's a long fucking book. It is. And somehow, through all of that, it's a film about a dude starting a journey. And yeah. I, and I got it. And that's the weird bit. For all the weirdness this film throws at you, with no explanation, because I think it's kind of expecting you've read the book. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. But I, I don't know what they've done to the script here or whether it's the visual storytelling, but I, I understood what was going on at all times, which is astounding. <laughs> Despite, well, one technical issue and one kind of directorial choice mm. of, for some reason, the brightness wasn't very high. No, we, <laughs> admittedly, we were watching it in a very well-lit living room. We then tried killing the lights. It didn't fix it, shit. It, it did nothing. <laughs> so there, there was some bit, bit we're going to talk about later that we completely missed out on. <laughs> Oh, there's that. Um, oh, but the... also, uh, probably a lot of the dialogue, especially coming from Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, she's uh, from the Lawrence, uh, not the Lawrence Fishburne School of Whisper Shouting, the Forrest Whitaker yeah. School of uh, Whisper Shouting. Uh, and it's all mumbly mm. and, and whisper shoutery. And, and you don't know whether she's just saying waffle, like, mm. you know, important waffle, mm. waffle, or if this is key plot details that I need to have. And having gone back and read the plot synopsis, it turns out it was a bit of both. Yeah. Because um, I did have to... And again, that is a negative, though. I did have to go and do further reading to fill in some plot points. But I guess it's a positive that I actually wanted to go and do that. Yeah. And then you just go, 
Fuck it. I didn't have to expect to have to go to New Rockstars to fully appreciate the movie. No. But I still don't hate the movie for it. I still no. quite like well, it. Well, again, to, to, I mean, Star Wars is going to come up a lot. Thanks, George. But yep. <laughs> the, the, the difference is Star Wars is taking this basic same premise of young heroic dude who lives on a sand planet and is it kind of makes it blockbuster digestible. It's taking its time, it's really, you know, slowing things down and it introduces you to most of the fantastical elements slowly. Whereas this is taking itself a lot more seriously. Mm. There are no jokes. No. None what this is. Serious. Despite the fact that it's got Jason Bromoa in it. Right? Yeah. There's like, okay, there's a joke line here or there. Oh, something like, you look well. Really? No. No. Stuff it, like that. that exactly oh, no, that. you've grown. That's it. Yeah. There's no, like, gags. It's very it's very self-serious. Mm. And that's not going to be to everyone's cup of tea. But, you know what? I actually appreciated that, probably the most about it. Mm. That it didn't try and dumb itself down. It didn't try and, like, overly explain everything. It just put you in a world and, ex- like... You kind of through osmosis, you kind of get the gist of what's going on. Mm. So, which was the early scenes of Game of Thrones, like strongest, yeah, aspects. It didn't do that thing of it has to front load everything with yeah. like, hey, you'll like these characters; they're cool and interesting. Yes. And it doesn't do that. It doesn't. It doesn't play down to the lowest common denominator that you'd see in John Carter of Mars, for example. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Jupiter ascending. Yeah, shite like that where yeah. they they. Overly explained everything to the point of like being babyish about it. Yeah, this presumes a little bit of not even necessarily prior knowledge, just like you'll get it. You know what I mean? Mm. So because the basic gist of it is, you've got there's a big empire that runs the galaxy, but this time they well we don't know if the emperor's good or bad. We don't meet him. Um, there's a planet called uh, oh, there's too many words beginning with A. So you're looking is, for the, the, the Arrakis is the planet. Arrakis is the sand planet. Atreides is, is the, the family. Yeah. Right. So Atreides, the family, are sent to Arrakis the planet, which is like a big it's Tatooine. <laughs> Where they um, made Portugal the man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Uh, it's Tatooine. Yeah. If Tatooine was made of cocaine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it is. It's full of something called spice. Which, Which is, is also the name for drugs in Star Wars, mm. and they they mine it because they need it for space travel. You half expect that one dude to show up and be like, "Do you want to buy death sticks? <laughs> you don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. <laughs> yeah, you want go to go home, rethink my life." There's <laughs> a Star Wars quote for some things. Yep, um, that's true. <laughs> so they're taking over like another house called mm. um, the Harkonnen. The Harkonnen, which are these evil bastards. You can tell that because they're all fat and white, and <laughs> and they're being moved out, mm. and the, um, the house of traders is moving in, mm. and see it it that level of simplicity is nice, but then but everything below that it has lots of layers of of mm. this complicated, which I'm sure I appreciate the most. So. First things first. Yes. This is the first Timothy Chalamet movie I've ever seen, which is... Uh, yes, it is, because you haven't seen Little Women. No. Yes. Which is astounding to me, because everyone loves Timothy Chalamet. Apparently so. Apparently so. I still don't really get it, but I did like him here. Okay, this is your first time appearing in a Timothy Chalamet... And, and you get a lot of Timothy Chalamet in this oh, movie. Oh, boy. So, bearing in mind he was in the, in the conversation for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm no. glad we got Tom Holland in that uh-huh. front. 
But I, I do think he is a more interesting actor when he is not playing to type. And I don't think as Paul Atreides, he's playing to type. Mm. He's been. I'm, I'm thinking about movies like Call Me By Your Name, which was a beautiful movie, but was very much, he's the pretty boy. Right. They didn't do that. Well, they quasi did that in Little Women. Mm. He's a very attractive man, but they played him as this astute kind of member of an upper class society. Right. And it worked. And here they're playing him as an astute member of an upper class society who's also a Jedi. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, basically. But it's interesting because I, I feel like there's a sense of purpose in his uh, in his portrayal of this character. Mm. That that oh, is only solidified by a very early scene where he's forced to put his hand in a thirty box. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is fucking weird. It is. Um, and then I kind of like okay, now I kind of get where this character's going now. There's a sense of yeah. duty from him, kind of from minute one. He he knows that he's in. It's not like a Lego movie. He's the special. Yeah. He is, well, no, he is the special, but yeah. he's kind of he's already burdened with responsibility because House of Trades is this upcoming like force in this kind yes. of galactics community mm-hmm. and he knows once his dad goes he's running the show yes and that's and his mum is also a jedi uh sort of yeah the the benny jesuit <laughs> that's actually i think of what it is so it's the benny hana <laughs> <laughs> yep okay yeah the jedi run a chain of uh <laughs> Latin infused restaurants. No, Benny Hanna's uh, Japanese. Japanese, isn't it? sorry. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they, they, they're, they're like a, they're a religious cult because you can't have deep, dense sci-fi without a religious cult of some description. No. Um, and so yeah, he's half aristocrat. <laughs> no, aristocrat. <laughs> That's a better movie. <laughs> That would be a bit. Think he's to be playing to type then, because we playing an effeminate boy. So you know. I've only just realised this is a sci-fi movie that has almost no aliens in it. Huh. There's no alien species. No, there isn't. That aren't like the sentient. Anyway. There's just human. There's variants. humans and worms and and that's it. A weird spider thing at one point. Uh, the, that's not in the book, by the way. Mm. <laughs> so they just decided with this one scene to have this. That's one. a weird kink. Hmm, someone just boot out man spider. Yeah, Here he yeah. comes. <laughs> um, so he, he's half like upper class person and half like basically religious messiah. Mm. He's half prophesied to be the mm. the special. Mm. Uh, there is a dumb name for it, but I can't remember what it is. The, Let's have a look. It's one of the it's one of the many phrases they throw at you without explaining what it means, and it's all hurry ribadoo. <laughs> you are the schnur. <laughs> As the schnur, you have to do these certain things. So the, some of the, oh god, that it's that word there. I know how that one's done. Um, wizards, quizats. <laughs> Is it the quiz I had or something like that? that? Is the quizzical anorak? <laughs> there we go. We'll find a way. Um, Life finds a way. <laughs> he's doing what I can best describe as a good Keanu. Of yes. just he's Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. He's just like this relatively like. I'm not saying he's like a complete like white bread character, but like. No one is overacting in this series, mm. uh, so he's not surrounded by like these massive um, characters or anything like that that makes him really stand out as being like a bit boring. Yes, everyone's kind of downplaying it. It's very subtly acted, which mm. is rare for a sci-fi. Um, it's rare for a sci-fi of this scope. Because, yeah, you know, exactly. Look at Jupiter ascending. <laughs> exactly. Jesus that. Christ. I mean, 
even in Star Wars to some extent, like you've got bigger characters that kind of flesh out the world whilst... Well, I mean, Luke's not that white bread. He's No, pretty... but he does inhabit the same space as Palpatine many times. Palpatine is a fucking ca- cartoon You know character. what I mean, so... Even though I love him. Good so, old chief. I still don't really have a good lock on whether I'm going to like Jim for Shadow Man going forward. I mean, he's going to be Wonka next. He's going to be Willy Wonka in the prequel. seen that picture. Yeah, it looks what hard, doesn't it? What the fuck is going I mean, he does look like... If this is a prequel to the, the Johnny Depp one... He does look like a young uh, Gene Hackman. No, not Gene Hackman. Gene Wilder. Yeah, Sorry. he does. So, yeah. Now, Rebecca Ferguson, on the other hand... <laughs> Poor Kelly! Poor Gullet! <laughs> I really didn't... I didn't hear half a dialogue, to be fair. But she's another one that's been like, oh, watch out for Rebecca Ferguson. She's, she's real hot, cool. She's the hot new thing. Yep. And I did... Yeah. I did not care for her performance at all. No, she's she's doing like this... Well, like that, this is the thing. I can't read her character motivations. Mm. Is she conflicted? Is she, you know, try, is she torn between her son and her religious cult? Is she not really bothered by any of this and she's just trying to stay alive? You can't... And, and it's not because she's like a mysterious... She's meant like a semi-mysterious character, but I don't think that was like a... Not being able to get a lock on her is not by choice. It's no. by like, oh, it wasn't by design, sorry. It was, it's it was, by direction. Uh, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Because the, cause the character of Lady Jessica, I think, and I could be wrong, mm. um, is supposed to be this person who's kind of torn between um, kind of like a guilt that, you know, she bore a... It, it's a, it, you know, it's kind of a flip reverse of that world she bore a son, which is not uh, looked down upon well by her cult, the Anoraks, whatever yes. they were called. Yep. Um, <laughs> Benny Hannas. Benny Hannas, that's it. Uh, so the Benny Hannas don't want a male as part of their order, but also she believes him to be the Messiah, so there's an incredible amount of guilt in that character and fear. And then she spends this entire movie getting saved by her son, and at no point going, that was fucking impressive. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing impressive thing about her is her complete lack of good choices when it came to dressing for a desert planet. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the 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 costume is interesting and fun to look at. Yes. But the fucking jewelry, right? <laughs> just like, it's it, it verges into um, fucking three hundred Rise of an Empire territory a couple of times. It does, and she's come with an eighty foot fucking head veil. Walk onto Arrakis for the first time. Oh god, I feel like there was a line in this movie that was very rocks. rocks. But I can't remember no, what me neither. Um, oh, we what made that joke it? as well. We did. Oh no, Fuck. desert power. That's it. <laughs> desert power. Oscar Isaac with no amount of like breath <laughs> or a, a sense of humour about it, or you know, being fun, just goes, mm, desert power. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone goes, yep. <laughs> we went. What the fuck? What the fuck is desert power? <laughs> and it receives no explanation whether there's like it's an actual like tangible thing. He's or... talking to Josh Brolin on a balcony. Even Josh Brolin turns around and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I will point out the first thing both of us remarked about Oscar Isaac is he's a good looking man, isn't oh, he? Oh, God. Oh, he's rocking a beard in this. And oh, boy, he's a good looking he's, dude. He's working it. Got a little bit of grey in the hair. Mm. Oof. Lad. Yeah, um, and it helps they put him in fucking power armour for most of his scenes. He's a fucking right? jacked. So, he was the character that surprised <laughs> me because it seemed like he was set up to be like, you know, he's coming in to rule a planet, basically. Mm. So he's playing Leto Atreides. Yeah, the, he- the head of House Atreides. So he's dad. he's coming in and you just feel like, all right, We've been through these motions. It's going to turn out that he's actually like evil and he's got bad plans and his son's going to have to stop him and da that doesn't happen. It no. just genuinely seemed like he's a good dude. 
I think what's interesting about that is there's trepidation in his uh, entire portrayal. Because at the start, it doesn't really key you in as to what's happened. Again, we've not read the books. We've not no. seen the 84 film. No. Um, but it's kind of like, everybody's kind of like, ah, oh, we're going to go to Arrakis and we're going to have this trade. And he's like, fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. And like when he gets there, all of his fears are confirmed is that this is an uninhabitable shithole covered in cocaine. And I've got a rear of family here. <laughs> and also, I'm probably going to be murdered. So, you know. So basically, he's a sitcom character thrown into his <laughs> Oh, what am I like? <laughs> what is my life? Love and sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, he... Like the 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 portrayal's really good and very layered because like we forgot to point out my favourite thing about mm. Timothy Chalamet's character, oh, right. which is would have basically been the tagline for this film is Paul Atreides, you shit, but I love you. <laughs> oh yeah, because the first half an hour of this movie is every major character in his life and member of his family telling him that he's shit in some respect, but they love him still. <laughs> so, um, Jason Momoa's character, who we're going to have to name in a minute, um, <laughs> that's a whole thing, um, he basically says, you're skinny and wimpish, but I love you. His mom tells him, like, you're, you're not really all that great at the voice, which is Jedi mind tricks, mm. but I love you. Um, um, Josh Brolin says, you're pretty bad at fighting, but... I love you. <laughs> and finally, his dad is basically like, you are not fit to lead and you really should be because we're going to a dangerous planet and I might die. I love you still, <laughs> but you're shit, Paul. You're real shit, but fuck, I love you. Fuck off, Paul, you shit. So every, you. The short <laughs> everyone just give him a little slap around the face and then kiss him on the forehead. Like that's, <laughs> that's that man's life. So, if there's ever like a, like a silent movie retelling of this, this it would be exact every time Paul answers the room. <laughs> <laughs> So oh. Oscar Isaac does a really good job of that, of like genuinely loving his son and wanting mm. him to, to be ready to take on this yeah. enormous responsibility that he's going to have to take on. Warn him, like, we're going to a very, very dangerous place and we need to have our wits about us like, at all times. Mm. Like This isn't just a simple, like we're not just there to farm stuff. We've got to deal with the local population called the Fremen, mm. which is George Lucas levels of... Subtle for yeah. free men. Yeah. All right, well done. Um, <laughs> well done. Again, George Lucas has got all of his habits, good and bad, from Dune. Yeah. Um, so I, I really liked it. He's he he really kind of holds the. He feels the character feels right for this level of sci-fi. Yes. Of like, it, it's not like a really overly complicated character, but he's very layered and does a very good performance. It's just nice to see Oscar Isaac's do. Well, basically everything other than Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. He's really only bad in that. There's a really good scene where Timothy Chalamet almost gets assassinated by a fly. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of, that was just thrown in. Yeah. And his response to that shows that even beyond all of the, the, the pomp and circumstance of the galactic community, beyond all of the fears that he has, he's a father. Yeah. And that was really interesting to see. It's a shame we won't get more of it, but it's very interesting to see. (laughs) Yeah, he swerved us by not swerving us and turning to the dark side, which is very nice. Um, So Josh Brolin is basically like, I thought, like, is that his brother? Mm, But it seems like he's just, like, his right-hand man. Yeah, he's he's the Hamilton of the situation. Yeah, he's the Ben Grimm of the situation. Mm. He's just the second-in-command dude. Mm. Um, And he's called... Oh, it was was another really dumb one. Where was it? It was Gurney Halleck. (laughs) Gurney Halleck. You think that's a dumb name? Hold on to your boots. <laughs> um, so, 
he he's he's basically rough and tumble military man. Mm. He doesn't really get to do much past that. It's like he's still good. Mm. And again, he has like one or two key scenes where he gets to show that. Mm. But he's a character I feel like we're going to get maybe more out of in the sequel. Possibly, yeah. So, because again, he was just very military-minded here and was very much just the face of like the um, House of Trades military wing, basically. Mm. He, yeah, let that, can we talk about Jason Mabar? <laughs> yes, we can. The best name in the entire fucking cast. I will say... Despite his name, I did like his his portrayal. Yeah, I, I but think it was it ultimately hard to enjoy it. Yeah, because his name Duncan Idaho, <laughs> <laughs> which, as you pointed out, oh god, is just one step away from Jackie Daytona. Yes. <laughs> now that's the crossover we all need. Yep. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we could fucking Duncan Idaho. <laughs> I mean, that's his name in the books. It so is. It, it, it is. It's, it's faithful, if nothing else. But I mean, that's what you can call the movie faithful. But, but like Duncan Idaho, like because it's Star Wars has always been weird that there's all these wonderfully named people, but the main dude's just a guy called Luke. Mm. And it was kind of the same in this that there are all these weird and wacky people, but the main dude's just called Paul. Mm. But then you throw a man called Duncan Idaho into the situation. <laughs> you go, what is what? What are the rules here? It doesn't help that he could be a standing for fucking Crocodile Dundee either. <laughs> so he's very much like the cool, like Han Solo of the situation. Mm. Like he's this swashbuckling, fucking cool army dude that's basically like he's the first one sent to um, Arrakis to like scout it out, basically. Mm. And you just know the whole way through, it's like, he's going to get a reaction scene, isn't he? Yep. And he does. He does. <laughs> and it's pretty good. But he doesn't really stick around for much of that. He's like, you can tell like he's Paul's older best mate. Mm. That's a bit weird. It's kind of like a, a cool uncle situation. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, Jason Momoa's funny most things in, even when he's in crap movies. So, yeah. good. I like Jason Momoa. The thing, I feel like I just, the, the, all of his performances are just going with the power of, I just think he's cool. Just dude bro all yeah. the way through. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, a more approachable version of The Rock. Yeah, that's a good description of it, actually. Yeah. Good point. Um, well, they might fight each other one day. That'll be fun. Mm. Well, they're both... Oh, no, he's not Samoa. He's Jason Momoa. He's, um... <laughs> Jason Samoa. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, God, what is... He's Hawaiian? Poly- yes. There's some Polynesian of some description in here, yes. but who knows? Um... Right, I think that's all the principal... Oh, wait, no, we haven't got to the bad guys. Bad guys. Speaking of professional wrestlers, Batista's in this. Yep. Not for a lot. For I King... think he's in two scenes. He's called Glossu Rabin. The fuck? Neat. <laughs> if ever there was a setup villain, it's him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't even get to fight Jason Momoa. I'm like, surely you've cast those two. You've cast Aquaman and Dracula Destroyer to have them fight, yeah. right? I would put my house on that being, like, the outcome. Yep. No. It wasn't what you did put your house on, which never materialised, but we'll get to that. What did I put my house on? Uh, worm time. <laughs> oh, I did put my house on worm time, didn't I? Oh, worm time. Um, yeah, he's he's just he's just kind of there. He, really he's very much going to come into his own in the sequel, I yeah, think. But he's very much in scenes. That's what we can describe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the main bad guy. Yep. Oh, some choices were made. Huh. <sighs> So it's Stellan Skarsgård doing his one voice, as Rachel <laughs> pointed out. 
Well, I did say he is acting in his second language, mm. so you know, variety maybe is beyond this. To be fair, is variety for him. Mm. I can't act in Spanish, so fair enough. But he's playing the main bad guy, whose name is. Oh, here we fucking go. Uh, he is uh, Bla- Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. So the Harkonnen were the family in charge of the uh, Arrakis. Arrakis beforehand, and they were booted off by the Emperor to be replaced by House Atreides. Mm. And again, some choices were made. He he's naked the first time we meet him. Oh, dick out! Like movie, don't give a shit. He's they're going to show you all of fat, um, pale, yeah. bulbous Stellan Starsgard. Just who can you... fly? And it's <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> For no explanation whatsoever. At one point, he just starts writing. He just starts. <laughs> he just starts pooching and. Just... Um, which is also how he escaped. Oh no, swallowing. Yeah. So. Um, He's doing like a, he's the he's the one that feels like most like a cartoony sci-fi character in an otherwise very serious world. Yeah, it kind of was because he's the bad guy, and again, I guess Palpatine kind of was that. So, mm. but again, he feels like he only gets one or two seats. He's good in them, but I feel like that's someone you're gonna have to enjoy more in the sequel. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very they they made some fucking choices with this character. And with the way that he is being portrayed. It wasn't even portrayed, just designed. The one in the 84 yes. version I've seen pictures basically looks like he's got bad acne. Right, okay. Whereas this this time they've gone for big, um, floating, overweight, giant. It's it's a choice. It's a choice. There's some weird shit about him in the book, which thankfully they, they get round in the movie. Yeah. Which is his relationship to the Benny Hanna. Does he shag him? Uh, oh, he... do we want to talk about this? No. Let... Oh. oh, okay, we don't want to talk about it. It's okay. fucked, but it's oh, in the sweet. book. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, let's let's sidestep that. Um, let's talk about my actual favourite thing about this entire movie. Yeah. Good God, the cinematography is unreal in this. It's fucking great. So good. And the visual design that accompanies it, I think, is equally brilliant. Because mm. there's... Outside of the Bulbous Baron, there's a lot of interesting things to look at yeah. on a grand scale that feels big. Oh yeah, scale is like this the real key here. Mm. Like there's so many shots of just like how insignificant everything is compared to this massive planet. Mm. Which when you're doing Star Wars, it's kind of so glitzy that you don't really sink in. Mm. They really give you the time to kind of get the perspective of everything of like how. Really goddamn small everything is in comparison to the world that they're inhabiting. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few scenes where they really use scale very, very effectively. Mm. And it's just nice to see. Yeah. Like, doesn't this feel like a real evolution of the map painting of Moss Eisley we got in the 79 Star Wars? 100%, yeah. It's like, that was just, that sure is in the distance, isn't it? And this is like, no, that's in the distance because it's actually that fucking small. Exactly. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, CGI throughout this, mm. really good. Yep. Never once does it come out, you take yourself out of the movie going, oh, that looks a bit mm. fake. They they really took their time. And again, it only really has two principal locations. Pretty but much. Okay, let's give it three. So you've got the House of Trading stuff in the first like 15 minutes when they're on the home planet. The planet that looks like Luke's planet from the sequel trilogy. Oh yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does a bit. It does look like... Oh, I'm not good at new trilogy planets. Oh, fuck. Um... Uh, no, it's not Jakku. Um, it's not Jakku. Oh my God, he goes to the place. Yeah, Acto. Acto. There you go. Actung, baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like that. 
Then they go to Dune, and then there's also the bad guy Lair, which yeah. is just grey steel. Yeah, there's not much to it. So, but uh, uh, so obviously the the visual palette they're playing with is a little limited, mm. but they just make the most out of it by just constantly. You're very rarely in small rooms for very long. It's, most of it is like outside doing stuff, mm. which is pretty neat. Um, uh, I mean. Let's talk about worm time. <laughs> you know the worms are coming. And I kept going, right, here we go. They this keep teasing. Time. It's worm time. The worm's coming. And, and oh, this is where technology let us down a little bit. <laughs> so in big worm time, yeah. when it finally was undisputedly worm time, yeah. it comes out the thing. But for some reason, their TV or your phone or whatever it was, was pitched so dark. I couldn't actually see anything. Yeah. <laughs> we could eat, like, genuinely pitch black screen with, yep. like, a little bit of grey where the sky's meant to be. Yeah. And I was like, I think this is worm time. <laughs> but I really can't tell if this is worm time. So that was a bit disappointing. Yeah, worm time didn't really cut. And I've, and I've, I've heard reviews, especially Mark Kamel's review, that says when the worm appears... He just looked up and went, wow, that's incredible. I'm like, we did not. <laughs> I don't know what we did wrong. I really don't know. <laughs> oh, God. He paused it so I could turn the light off in hopes that was going to give us worm time, but Nothing. no. No worm time for us. No worm time for us. We're waiting for part two. Uh, but hopefully it'll be worm o'clock and there'll be so much worm time. You won't even be able to move for worm times. Um, There's just way too many worms. <laughs> Which was a little bit disappointing. So, um... Right, is there anything else we need to go over? The design of the ships is fucking cool. It's just nice to see new spaceship designs after yeah. Star Wars decided, no, X-Wings and TIE Fighters are fine, we don't need to do anything new. Yeah, 30 it's years, Disney. no new things. Like, <laughs> do you not want to make more toy money? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but the best they could muster was sticking a Stormtrooper in silver armour. And that's kind of it. Yeah, that's basically, they've, oh, they've slightly changed the helmet design. I'm fucking good job, They're lads. more shit out of it than in the Mandalorian, because at least they got the Razor Crest, you know. <laughs> Which I famously got the Lego set of, and then the next day <laughs> watched it blow up. Oh, good. Glad I brought that. Um, Love it. <laughs> you've, you've still got season one. It's I'll always have season one. You're very right. Um, but the dragonfly ship in this is fucking cool. Right? You're treated like a helicopter with like... Although you did go, ones. you were like, I don't know if that's good or not yet. Yeah. I have to let this sink in. And then like, Jeremy's like, no, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. good. I like it. Because like I say, it was a new ship I got to yeah. see. And the very angular design of all the Atreides ships, because they just look like floating staplers, was interesting. Yeah. All of the Harkonnen ships look like binoculars. Yeah. So it was easy to tell everybody apart. It was cool. Now, we've been pretty full of praise for it. But it's not without flaw. It is front-loaded. Mm. There is a scene very early on where it does sound like Paul is listening to the audiobook yeah. in June. <laughs> and right. that, that I was like, okay, are we really going to struggle? Is this going to be an impenetrable barrier to the content? Its problem is twofold. It has both Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 1's problem... Of like he's adapting half material and therefore has to pick an endpoint that was narratively never meant to be an ending. Mm. But it also has a bit of Lord of the Rings about it. Of like it has multiple like okay is that the ending? Oh wait no, there's a little bit more. Okay yeah. no, but the, but that's the ending. Yeah. Oh wait no, no that's the <laughs> yeah. ending. And then when the actual ending happens, you're like. That was the ending. <laughs> yeah, that's where you chose. I on a rewatch, I think I'll appreciate that more. But yes. like, it chose a weird place to to finish. 
a really weird in a, place. In a film that's all about grand scale, mm. it chooses a very small moment to end on. Yeah, it does not feel consequential in the in the well in the grand scheme of what we've just seen. Mm. Like you can't. I, I I have a guess where I would have ended it. Mm. I I don't know if it's as narratively like as important as where they chose to, but at least it felt more in keeping with like this is a big grand story. Mm doesn't end in a big grand way no like, that's its main problem like this is why it's hard to recommend i think because it is very dense mm. it's not gonna let you catch up really no. and there's still probably parts of the plot that i don't understand even though i have gone you know read the plot synopsis and stuff where well, i think our, our ongoing joke is that all of the terms they introduce you to are never written down or no. easy to pronounce like jedi i get that yeah two syllables four letters Boom. it's fucking easy Packed it, booked it, fuck but off. fucking benny hannah and the and the quizzical anoraks yeah. and, and all this stuff and it's yeah. just not it's not helpful i just about got my head around harkening and tradies like i get this that's fine it's like i respect it but like you know the the reason maybe it's because it was like no we want to be taken seriously this mm. is a really in-depth book and we don't want to be seen to be half arsenic or dumbing it down or whatever but again if it's written in a book you can read something and kind of guess at what it means mm. hence why it was harry ron and hermione for a few years <laughs> in my, in my good years. old hermione yeah. <laughs> so a, a little bit more of that might have helped i i know it's trite but a little bit of a, like a narration at the start or, or like starting with a text crawl or something like that, just to mm. so you can see the words, yeah. you can kind of get a, just that real broad fucking understanding of this would be good. Instead, it's like so big, especially because of like a main part of it is Paul has visions mm. that only get turbocharged by the spice, mm. um, where he just keeps seeing Zendaya. And I mean, we've all had <laughs> we've those all dreams. Been there. Last <laughs> you know, you're not alone there. But it's best not to pay too much attention to them. Yeah. Um, and 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 because they're like. They're going with like the idea that these are very like interp- interpretive. They're not really like actual visions of the future or the or the present or whatever. Without that being explained, mm. you kind of well, what's, what's the point of the? Why do we just keep seeing Zendaya? Like, and, and is she stabbing him? Is she not stabbing him? Is she shagging him? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. The two modes. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's all. Those are only two options: shag, kill. Um, I, I feel like. That's why it's hard to recommend because, but again, we had a third party in the room and she abandoned ship immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and there was nothing happening that kind of was enough to make her kind of come back into the story. Yeah. So I really respect it for what it did. Mm. But respect and enjoyment are two different things. I did like the film, but I don't know if I just, I'm just more impressed by it than I am genuinely like excited for it. I want to watch a sequel. Yeah. So that's probably the best sign about it, isn't you've, it? You've really yeah. made me think about whether I like this film now because you've said that I respect it and I enjoy it and I admire it. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, the, that, it's that niggling doubt of just like. I, it's The do, Last of Us. Yeah. Of like. Yes, it is The Last I of Us. I respect that game so much. But do I like it? Darren, you've do. just knocked it out of the top 10. Well done. <laughs> It's still in mine. Yeah, because you've only seen like four films. I haven't seen many films. It's still in there because I did genuinely like a lot about it. But like it doesn't just... Because I didn't really connect with the characters. I didn't really, you know, get really in depth with the story. Really, oh, that's really fascinating and all that stuff. It's just respect. And that can only take a film so far. Mm. If you don't have that real like love for it, it lacks a little je ne sais quoi. There's no real (laughs) X factor to be like... That you can put your finger on and say, that's what I really loved about it. It's doing that better than anything else did this year. Yeah. Cinematography, it might 
it's probably going to be the best for that. Yeah, probably. I imagine it's going to pick up a load of technical awards at the Oscars, but yeah, that if, if it doesn't pick up like like you say, being the running for cinematography doesn't yes. pick up sound design, yes. which we didn't really get the best version of on a TV speaker, but you could no. tell there was there was a lot going on in there. <laughs> Basically, every like thirty seconds, someone goes. Ah, <laughs> Oh god, you forgot about the fucking oh god. <laughs> then you got is this diegetic? Is someone just shouting at these visions? The same diet just The music was to, was put together and composed by somebody who consistently kept twatting the foot off the furniture. Just <laughs> Hans Zimmer's just got a very badly stubbed toe. But what if I tune that properly? <laughs> oh, it was a choice. Ah, oh, I get it though. Shares hit a funny guy. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Oh, it really is Space Share. It's Techno Shares here. <laughs> yes, we did it. Woo. Put it on the poster. <laughs> oh, I really wish we could finish, but we're still going to do spoilers. Ah. Oh. Ah, well, so yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if it is a recommendation. This is the weird thing, We are not helping people as a reviewing site. (laughs) But like, like you said, we respect it enough that it takes itself seriously to not dumb it down, to appeal to every man, woman, dog, whatever in the audience. So like, I have a lot of respect for it and I go, you know what? I know it's two and a half hours, but maybe when it's on video on demand, give it a try. Yeah. Watch the first hour. If the cinematography doesn't take you in, it's not for you. No. Because it does decline. It, it does get... Yeah. Not, it never verges into bad. It no. just gets progressively less good as the film kind of... Because of the fucking on. length, which is an issue for some films this year. But I don't know what I would cut, is the other thing. Yeah, you're quite right. Because I like the pacing. Mm. Even though it is two and a half hours, I do like the pacing that it is... Whilst it's not dumbing things down to you or spoon-feeding them to you, it is letting things like kind of organically kind of get a... A sculpting, and because it's not doing dealing with it in like a kind of comic book way, or it's like the whole fate of the universe. It's small-ish problems that they're trying to digest. It's just in a grand scale that it's happening. Yeah. So this is maybe just more of an interesting movie to talk about than it is to actually watch. I think this is why it works. It's such a revered novel. Because yeah. you kind of you absorb the ideas as you read them, yeah, and then you discuss them with other people because there's no visuals, yeah. So maybe it's done what Harry Potter fans wish had happened with the books, but mm. they had to, you know, fit an entire book into a two-hour movie for kids. Yeah. So other choices had to be made, mm. and like, well, that's what you should say to Harry Potter fans. Like, well, be careful what you wish for because if they do this. I mean, they are going to reboot Harry Potter in their lifetimes. Yeah. I told that to Rachel, and she got real sad, and then she tried to get me back by saying they're going to reboot Star Wars, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, we'll always have Back to the Future because they they can't reboot that. Don't look at me like that. They're I not going to do it. Zeme- as long as Zemeckis... Oh, wait, no. Zemeckis is not long for this earth. They're going to do it. Everything. I've come to the conclusion that we- I will see a Jurassic Park reboot at some point in my life. Yeah, pro- I mean, te- I mean you-, you kind of already have. We've already lived long enough to see what's basically a Lord of the Rings reboot happening pretty soon. Of a fucking Amazon series. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, God. So it- it's all... It's all going to happen. It doesn't even feel like that long ago. I mean, no. when you say it out loud, it's 2001. 20 years ago. Yeah. So, but. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was also when Harry Potter came here. So, you know. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Do the Marauders. Do the Marauders. Oh, please do the Marauders. Right. Spoiler Not a lot to cover here. Unless, I mean, if you've read the book, you already know what the fuck happens. Yeah, I guess. If you haven't read the book, 
it's kind of a little bit obvious, although there are some interesting things to discuss. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a fair, there's a high body count. I'll give you that. Yes, so uh, Leto Atreides, gone. Dunzo. Um, Duncan Idaho, gone. Dunzo. Um, Lady Jessica doesn't... No, Lady Jessica's fine. She survives. Paul obviously survives because he's your protag. Now, um, Josh Brolin, unclear. We don't kind of, see him die. It's the last time we saw him marching into action. Okay. Yeah. Um, only one person has a gun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's the weird thing about this so, film. The way it was described, I think, was the shielding technology they have is good for quick hits, but not slow penetrating things. They're the worst fucking shields, aren't they? <laughs> right. But I appreciate that there was a flaw in them. Mm. And like that then in, that then informs the fighting style. And I think they said, well, basically they switched to blades because that was the only thing that could penetrate the shield. Guns, obviously, bullets would just bounce off these things all day long. Mm. You need something slow to, to get you. So I actually really appreciated that and how it meant it could be visually different from Star Wars. It can have a fighting style over its own. Oh, oh my God, we forgot to talk about desert walking. Squat jogs. <laughs> squat jogs, yeah. I forgot about squat jogs. This is, now, this is the point where I'm like, okay, lads, I know you want to tra- treat the book very seriously, but there's some things you can change. <laughs> and I think whatever the hell desert walking was yeah, the should kind have of been like, one of them. It's so that you don't create an impact. And I don't know whether this is going to come up on the microphone. So you don't create an impact yes. with your steps and you're just doing like that instead. Yeah. It's the cha-cha slide, basically. <laughs> cha-cha real smooth. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it looks real dumb. <laughs> like so, And I'm like, if this is a very serious movie, that's something that can kind of break immersion when Timothy Chalamet starts doing some like, weird scar dance across the <laughs> It's not necessary. But... Come, we must desert walk. Take <laughs> me. Do the hustle. And it's... straight away, we both just went squat jogs. Squat jogs. This is squat jogs. So, <laughs> I, I, that I could have done without. Um, so, Josh Brolin might be coming back. We don't see him die. He, he's, he's in a fight, mm. but we don't see him die. And I think unless you see a body, yeah. that tends to mean they're okay. Um, oh, polka dot man's dead. Polka Dot Man's dead. Oh, yeah. Polka Dot Man was um, in it. Yeah, yeah. For... Doing his best fucking, uh, like, Hellraiser sans pins. Yeah, impression. right. Um, he's gone, though. But Stellan Skarsgård survives by pooching out of the scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, so your boy Oscar Isaacs is, is fucked, basically. Oh, that is a fucking weird shot. Where they so they've they've kind of they they've shot at him with like a needle. Yes. So they've 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 dip the I think they've just shot his spine, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, the house doctor basically betrays them because yeah. his wife is kidnapped or some bollock. Oh he's done um, so as well. Yeah, he's done so. So yeah, he's 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 basically paralysed and for some reason he's naked. Yeah. And he just sat at this table while Stellan Skarsgård's just going to town on a ham. And he's like, <laughs> Oh fuck. And but he's got a he, the the house doctor, even though he betrayed them, felt bad. So he gave him like a he gave him a cyanide pill, but for everyone else, basically, you yeah. chomp your tough and like poison gas will come in. Mm. So your boy's fucked. He's got to wait for Stella Skarsgård to come over, and he fucking for wrestling fans out there, he just tajiris him, he just <laughs> just sprays him with the poison mist, and everyone else is like, ah, they immediately shut the door. <laughs> yeah, they're like, nope. All their leaders are in there. The two guys just like, no. <laughs> Self-preservation is the I name of the do game. Do not get paid enough for this. Oh. <laughs> so that's why you should you should pay more to your bodyguards, people, because they yep. just immediately slam the door shut and like, fuck them, nah, they're gone. <laughs> so they go in there and everybody's dead hmm. except Stellan Skarsgård, who's just floating on the rafters alive because he just pooched it out of there on his flying <laughs> machine. <laughs> just whoop. 
bee just went straight up, um, which was nice. So he's still kicking, but he, yeah. he's he's not in a good way. No, they put him in the healing tar. Which yeah, he's is a thing. He's just having a tub of goo. And he pops up, kill them all, and goes back down. Um, so he's fine. So he it was a bit Ivan Ooze. It was a little. Oh, bit it was a bit Ivan Ooze, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So. He's going to be back for it. And again, this one, it seems like they're setting up the villains to be more. Because now they've... Heads of trading is running things. Um, and Oscar Isaac's under the impression, like, they might have done this. He's, like, not stupid. He's like, they've probably done this so the Emperor's put us on a collision course with the old house. Hmm. And hoping one of us wipes the other one out. Yeah. And then he will just claim that those, those are the true loyal to the Emperor people and they can keep Tatooine. Hmm. Um, so, they... Um, and he's right, like the, the Harkonnen come back and invade. And that's why I think we can have a bit more pace about the second half of this mm. film, because they're on the run now. Paul and his, his mum escape, um, see a big worm, and then they yeah. come to the Fremen. And I feel like the, the they're being pursued by Batista. So that's, I think, our impetus to have a slightly better... See, I like the pace in this one, but a bit more of a kind of urgency about us in the sure. second one. Yeah. Because we've done the world establishing. I don't think we're going to go anywhere else. We're not going to leave Arrakis. So. Uh, it kind of feels like all the action's here, right? I would have yeah. said so. There's no reason to leave Arrakis unless we're going to go and fuck with the Emperor, who we still haven't met. No. So, so yeah. I don't think that's going Although to happen. Although, if we are casting him, Mouse Mickelson. Okay. I think he'd be cool. Yeah. He's got gravitas. He has got gravitas. Well, it's either him or um, what's his face. I mean, if they really um, want to go meta, they get Ian McDermott to play a straight role. I did. He can't do that. No. <laughs> the man's not capable of such things. They could get. I mean, it's either going to be him or Giancarlo Esposito. They just do. Uh, that could be good. They do either. They're, they're all bad people now. Yep. Um, so we'll see. So the ending. <laughs> of all the places that could have ended this, the the invasion of the Harkonnen and the blowing up of the spice refinery. I think that would have been. That should be. Oh, no. Mm. I think the actual... Po- I thought the finish was going to be the, the sandworm bit. Yeah. So that you finally get your full shot of the sandworm kind it's of... finally worm time. Yeah, it's finally worm time. It's tearing over your boy Paul, but it chooses not to eat him and then leave. And that's a big visual, mm. you know, thing that or, maybe... Or he could have used the voice. Could have used the voice, and that then kind of shows that he's ready to kind of get in tune with the desert planet mm. and all this stuff. And then he squat jogs off into the middle distance, and that's... Yeah. And, and instead... So we get to the Fremen, and we get to Zendaya, and they're... Who's real. Who's real. And they're basically, like, you know, they're the they're raiders. We have met one of them who was flipping um, Javier Bardem the whole time. We did not figure that out. Yep. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, they, he spits at um, Oscar Isaac the first time we meet, and they all pull guns. And then Duncan Idaho, who's in the know, Duncan I don't know. <laughs> goes. Oh, he does know. He doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he goes. Oh, don't. Like, it's a sign of like greeting on this planet that you're giving them your moisture. Mm. So spitting on them is. Oh yeah, the gross him. suits that recycle sweat. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to be drinking. He's like, you can drink the recycled water. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I know where it's been. Think I'd rather die. To <laughs> uh, <laughs> be honest with you, that's good. Um, so. Anyway, they, they meet him and he's like in charge of the raiders, basically, and they're going to fight for their planet. They're the indigenous. Mm. And one of them just takes a dislike to Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> I challenge your mum for things. He went, okay. Paul is ready. You're shit. And everyone waiting for him <laughs> to say, uh... but, I, but you love me, right? No. Oh, <laughs> let us do. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to do. Um, so they get, basically your ending is just a really... 
It's a, it's a nicely choreographed knife fight. It is. And they've been building up to it because very earlier in the movie, somebody who was applying to be a maid yeah. gave Lady Jessica a dagger made of a worm tooth. Mm. And then th- there's always like these quite... This is the only bit that kind of feels like the Lynch version because it's very Lynchian sequences of just showing this fucking dagger the whole time. Chekhov's worm tooth. Yeah. <laughs> Chekhov's worm tooth. It really is. And then eventually Paul gets the worm tooth sword thing yeah. and uh, monkey knife fight. Yeah, so. exactly that. And it just ends with like he kills the dude. He tries to make him yield which is a callback to him fighting um, Josh Brolin. Yeah. And it's like no, it's a fight to death. He went, okay, cool. Bang, dead. And <laughs> Sweet stab. Um, and then that's the ending of them, like, and Paul, like, going, No, I'm going to stay here and yeah. fight for the I've killed a man now, so I'm good for war. Exactly. And that's so, the end. And it just feels like on this really, uh, a thing that's dealing with massive themes and grand scale to end in a really small moment mm. when you had two big, ample, you know, moments to finish on, especially if you preload it with saying this is part one. Mm. Like, again, this point's kind of hard for me to pitch it to a general audience because you have to go in. You have to go in basically prepared for two movies. Yes. You can't go and watch this thinking you're going to get a complete and satisfactory picture out of just watching part one. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's its prerogative. If it's going to set up for part two and, and you know, not really, not do a new hope and build a contained story, mm. leave it very much open-ended in the first movie, mm. is risky. It's very presumptive of them and makes it hard to recommend. But we we don't like worse movies based on that. When when worse movies go, oh, but there's more, like they mm. bait for a sequel that's not coming. Like yeah. Fantastic did. Exactly. But we but we forgive it somewhat, I think. I think it helped that by the time that we'd both seen it, part two was given the green light. Exactly. So I we rest it, assured that we weren't wasting our time. This is it. Because it dramatically falls off if it turns out the sequel's not coming. Right. You know, it's like, or you're like, well, that was a waste of time. Like, as, as interesting and, and thought-provoking it might be to talk about it, it's ultimately fucking pointless because it doesn't have a satisfying ending. Yeah. So... And, and again, it's not like... If it was a shorter movie, and then part two was also short, you say, well, just watch it in one go and you'll get a pretty complete picture. You could have built a franchise off the back yeah. of this. We were 20 minutes shy of three hours, so mm. that ain't going to fucking happen. Um, apparently, it's the exact same length as Spider-Man uh, No Way Home's going to be. I'm very excited and also very trepidous. But also, The Eternals is only like four minutes shy of this runtime too. I cannot wait for The Eternals. Just FYI, it's now out. We're going to see it next week. Yep. I cannot fucking wait. I really can't. Because I, I can't wait for the review actually more so yeah, than the yeah. film itself. Because I've heard even, you know, I always talk about Mark Mode, one of my favourite yes. movie reviews, and even he went, this is a fucking mess. Oh! <laughs> and he loved Lomadland, so, oh boy. I'm kind of banking on you. You know what? I don't know what would be more interesting. You hating as much as you think you're going to hate it and just going off, or you actually liking it. That's like the weird thing. If something yeah. happens, some weird fucking voodoo happens, and you like it, and you have to go, oh no, I have to praise the film. Oh no, I have I, to defend it. <laughs> you have to defend it, and I'm coming with the noise. <laughs> but it's going to be the review of the year, I think. I cannot wait. Somehow, even Venom is challenged for review of the year. <laughs> I've listened back to that, and I just the just the it's a mitigated piece of shit in thirty seconds. 
<laughs> the, the gloves are off straight away. That one yeah. is beautiful. Uh, right, plug away, Michael. You can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram and at that, Michael. And you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram and at the Guttridge. You can find us both on fa- Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and username FowlenT. That's F O U L E N T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up your RSS feed. Under the username FowlenT or FowlenT Podcast, depending on the service you're using. And of course, go to fanstainment.com. We're approaching the end of the year, so mm-hmm. that's where all of our end of year stuff is going to be. I haven't started writing it yet because I'm saving it as a treat. Yeah. Um, and basically, I've had to wait for Spider-Man because that's going to be in there somewhere. This so. is it. We've got to hold off until then. And then the fucking Kingsman is out. The yeah. 22nd. I'm like, yeah. I might not have time. Well, because last year, I think there was something else that was like coming out right at the end. Mm. So I wrote I wrote the top 10 and then was like, right, well, I'm going to leave. I wrote nine of them mm. thinking whatever this 10th movie was going to be was going to slot in there somewhere. And it did. So that was good. So that's what I recommend. Just write most of it and just leave a gap for that to like slot think, in with I the numbers. I think this is the problem because you've got Spider-Man and Kingsman in December. You've yeah. got I mean, Last Night in Soho is an Edgar Wright movie yes. out now. Yes. Those three are going to trouble the top ten, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, because they're from franchises we all like yeah. and directors we all respect. And the Eternals. I ain't raising and another digit. I ain't raising another digit. Um, I mean, but it's also problematic. Well, I suppose we're not going to be able to include the Book of Boba Fett because it won't be over by then, but we will have Hawkeye by the end of the year we as well. We will, yes. So we'll have to... And that's going to finish... The, I think it finishes that week between Christmas and New Year anyway. Oh, the last episode of Hawks oh, oh, okay. comes out. Yeah, because it's starting late November. Mm. Six episodes, I think, puts it either the week before Book of Boba Fett starts or like, yeah. like the day before. They won't starts. have two originals really. Oh, wonderful. So, so yep, yeah, I mean, there's still. Um, we're going to go see that Encanto Disney film that looks pretty good. Mm. Um, you've still got I mean, Matrix 4. I'm still not sure I'm going to go watch it. I really don't know. Um, um, and it's the thing, isn't it? Because the Matrix One still holds up. Mm. You've then got two and three. Yeah. Still got what we do in the shadows. Season three has finally got here. Yep, we so finally got that. it. They just dumped it all on iPlayer. Yeah. Like, cool. That's sweet. The- Already two episodes deep on that, so that's nice. good. Um, so coming up, we have the Eternal review. Will be coming in. It's going to be oh, spectacular. Boy. Uh, we're about to record a, a slightly overdue review of um, No Time to Die. Sorry. Uh, that's on him. For once, it's on him, yep. not me. It's on that's me. Good. Um, and then a sexy new episode format's coming for you. Ooh. <laughs> More on that later. That, uh, that was a very sensual end to the episode, so I'm going to stick with it. Sensual. I'm going to get real close to the microphone and say thank you very much for listening to this episode of Popscorn. It's getting a bit ASMR up in here now. I hope this is actually registering on the recording. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye! <laughs>